Hey, what's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 46, and we're going to cover Numbers chapter 7. And we only have one chapter today. And the reason for that is Numbers is the longest chapter in the Pentateuch. So we'll spend some time in this chapter today and see what we can dig up. The first thing that we are to notice is completely after Aaron's benediction, you have the offering of the leaders. And so what's about to happen in chapter seven is the leaders of every tribe are about to present gifts to God over the course of 12 days. And so that's why this chapter is so long. You see each tribe and their leader and what gifts they bring. But first we start off with this in verse one. Now on the day that Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle, he anointed it and consecrated it with all its furnishings and the altar and all its utensils. He anointed them and consecrated them also. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their father's household, made an offering. They were the leaders of the tribes. They were the ones who were over the numbered men. When they brought their offering before the Lord, six covered carts and 12 oxen, a cart for every two of the leaders and an ox for each one. Then they presented them before the tabernacle. So the Lord is going to speak to Moses and say to them to give carts and oxen to the Levites. This is verse six, give carts and oxen to the Levites. And so what he wants to do in verse seven, give two carts and four oxen to Gershon. Remember, they're responsible for the curtains, which we call the skins. And they're to give four carts and eight oxen to Morari. And they're responsible for all of the poles to carry around under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But look at verse nine. This is very important. It says, but he did not give any of the sons a Kohath because theirs was the service of the holy objects, which should be carried on the shoulders. And so God doesn't want the ark ever carried on a cart because that represents him in his presence. And so it's holy. So it should be carried. And the interesting thing here, this is how we tie what David did when he recovered the ark as wrong. If you remember the story with Uzzah in 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 7, and 1 Chronicles 13, Uzzah put his hand to take hold of the ark for the oxen had stumbled. And it said that the anger of the Lord kindled against Uzzah. And so this story makes sense now in light of Numbers chapter 7, verse 9. And so what are we to gain from this? One, is that God wants his presence handled with care. It's not to be rushed. It's to be treated as holy. And you carry it on your shoulders so the people will know something is different about this furnishing. And this doesn't completely fall on Uzzah. This also falls on David because David ordered the ark to be transported speedily because he wanted it back so badly because he knew what it meant to have the ark. But in wanting it badly, he still should have obeyed the law here in number seven, where it says that the ark must be carried on the shoulders by the Levites and more specifically the sons of Kohath. And so because of disobeying that, a man is killed and God teaches the lesson again that I'm holy and I must be treated as holy. And this is an excellent reminder for us today. A lot of times in our life, we know the power of God. We know that he's real. We know that he's holy and we know that he can do what he said he can do. But our problem most often than not is timing. We want him to do what he said he would do on our timing and not his. 
So we tend to rush things that are already coming to us, blessings that he has already prepared for us, bestowed on us beforehand. We rush to get them. And when we don't either one have the character for them at that time, or it's just not the right timing and we need to wait on the Lord. And this displeases the Lord. We saw this even with Jacob. Jacob was going to receive the blessing. It was prophesied, but he schemed to get it. He schemed individually. He schemed with his mother. And ultimately that displeases the Lord. And we must learn that not only to trust God and believe who he is, but we must grow in our patience, which is why James talks so much about trials produces patience and endurance so we can learn to trust the Lord better and wait on him. Trials actually helps us to get our timing right. It's like a timing belt on the car where we can shift our gears properly to be on right timing with the Lord. And from there, we move into verse 10. It says that the leaders offered the dedication offering for the altar when it was anointed. Then the Lord said to Moses, let them present their offering one liter each day for the dedication of the altar. And so this is what we're going to get for the rest of the chapter. One leader each day presenting his offering. Look at the first one. On the first day was Nashon, the son of Amenadab of the tribe of Judah. This is our seed. In fact, let me read Matthew 1 for you. These are some of the names you'll find in the genealogy of Christ. Listen to this. It says, the records of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron and Hezron was the father of Ram. And Ram was the father of Amenadab, Amenadab, the father of Nashon. And there you have it right there. Matthew 1 is tracking this lineage right here as we're reading it. And we'll try our best to follow that lineage as we walk through the Old Testament and to make sure we try to cover everyone in the lineage of Christ. And so I won't go through each of these days, but if you look at them, verse 18, the second day, Issachar, verse 24, the third day, Zebulun, verse 30, the fourth day, Reuben, and so on out to the end of the chapter. But at the very end of the chapter, we notice something very important. It says that now when Moses went to the tent of meeting to speak to him, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, and he spoke to him. But notice what happened there. Let's compare that to Exodus 40, verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of the meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord had filled the tabernacle. And so look at that verses where they are in numbers. Moses is able to enter and consummate this system for it to operate while they're in the wilderness. So what's the difference? Why was Moses not able to enter before and he's able to enter now? We've gone through a full treatment of Leviticus. God has taught them how to treat him as holy. And Moses has carried all of that out to the T. And God is saying, now you can enter the tabernacle and set up the system of the high priest so he can enter. Remember, only once a year, the high priest could enter. 
And so Moses is going to inaugurate this system. And we continue to learn that we serve a holy God and God is willing to go to great lengths to prove this and to explain this. God is saying, if you want peace, if you want rest, if you want to go back to Eden, I can get you there. But listen, I cannot get you there without holiness. Holiness matters. And God is willing to go to great lengths to prove that this is a very high standard. And we ask ourselves, will Israel keep it? Sadly, you already know the answer. Stay tuned as we continue to unfold how Israel responds to God holiness. Catch you next time at day 47, where we cover Numbers chapter 8 and 9.